today we get to be together the Sunday after Easter. And I'm grateful because I believe that as we look towards what God is doing, we have to continually anchor in the hope that the Easter story declares for us in a risen, living God. And so for the next weeks, from now till Pentecost, Pentecost is kind of the next big day on the all-church, kind of global church calendar. It's the first Sunday of June. Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit fell on the early church just as Jesus promised it would and empowered the church just like it does today for the life that God's calling us to. And we're going to be in a series called Jesus is Lord over everything. This will be a number of weeks in a row where we journey as a community to look to Jesus as king, the authority over everything. And as our preaching team was kind of working through this, I want to give you a little bit of the backdrop for why this series and how we got here. And one of the things that was interesting for us is we knew we were going to come out of Easter, hope in Jesus and hope through the Holy Spirit, and that there's this life, this responsive life that God is saying, I want to fill you up. I want you to walk with me and understand that my ways, as we were singing today, are better. My ways are better. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and we can step into the story of God here and now. And so our preaching team was just praying and discerning, God, what are you up to? And one of the things that was near our heart, kind of coming out of the good news of Easter, is that resurrection, the risen king, this is the story of God, meets us in a couple-year stretch where we have faced death more than any other time in my life that I can remember. Some of you might go, hey, that was nothing. That was nothing. Let me tell you when people were really dying, okay? No, it's been kind of forefront for us. And in this season, we were kind of like thinking about a series on heaven. We were wondering, like, maybe people are thinking about life after death. Maybe people are curious, like, well, what happens to my friend or my family when they die? Have you ever wondered about what heaven is like? Have you ever kind of curious what's going on? You know, is it gold streets and pearly gates? Is it floating around in clouds? Like, and we were kind of asking this question as a preaching team. So we began to read as a preaching team out of Revelation, and we were praying and thinking and talking. And I, was, I, just, I had this clear moment. We were in the lobby one day as we were gathering as a community, and I just remember thinking, I am so tired of death. So tired of and I could just connect to this longing in my heart that, God, would you just bring more life? Like, could we just see more life? And could your kingdom come in a greater measure? Because when we read in Revelation, it says no more tear and no more pain and no more death because the king has conquered the final enemy. I'm like, oh, God, like, I long for heaven. And then Jesus teaches us to pray that your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just was praying and we're thinking and we're preparing and we're asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And I had this thought and it was just a clarifying moment. And this is what it was. Heaven is not about me. When I get to heaven, as we see in the scriptures and faith in Jesus, heaven is not about me. All of you should cheer. <laughs> this is actually good news for you. Heaven is about a community of people who have experienced the grace and mercy of God worshiping King Jesus 
in all things in perfection in the way it was intended. It is about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit being rightly placed on the throne. No more death, no more pain, no more sin, no more destruction. We live and breathe and move and worship Jesus as Lord. Come on. And here's the best news about it. We do not have to wait. When we live with Jesus as Lord, when we can say in our hearts and in our minds and in the activity of our life, Jesus is Lord, heaven breaks in here and now. So that is where we're headed. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the king above all kings. Jesus is the one who conquers death. Jesus is the author of life. Jesus is over everything. And we live in a day and a time, and we live in a culture, and specifically we live at a time saturated with media where we are being told a very different message from every single angle coming at us all the time. And if you are free of technology and you're like, no, Kurt, we don't abide by screens. We live screen free. The thing we wrestle with is the internal work of our own flesh, the internal imperfections of our life that battle against that as well. Because scripture says that we are battling against powers and principalities, that there is this oppositional force, this kingdom of darkness coming at us. But then God says, no, join me in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of resurrection and hope and goodness and love, because that is the story I'm writing all over the globe. Jesus is Lord, is the foundation of our faith and the foundation of life. And I think we are all being invited into it more fully. And may we step into the story of God from the hope of Easter to the hope of Pentecost, where he pours out his spirit on the church. Let's pray. God, from that posture, would you open our hearts and our lives to you today? I'm so aware of your presence here today. Holy Spirit, would you come and speak? Would you come and push through any resistance that's within us? Would you come and show us that you are good and your ways are better? Lead us as we open up the scriptures to hear from you and be led by you. Give us hope for today because the hope of heaven is not some far off, distant uh, kind of fairy tale, but in you, King Jesus, it comes near, and we want to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. Amen. Well, as we think about Jesus as Lord, I think there's this interesting thing that we all have to get honest about. So for the record, here's what's happening today. I'm going to challenge all of us. You like to be challenged? How many of you like to get pushed around? Like, don't be a bully today, Kurt. All right, we're all on the same idea. That's all good. Here's the thing. Jesus is Lord is an important thing to realize. It is a declaration of submission. God, you are God. Jesus, you are king. I am not. I don't declare Kurt is Lord. That would, that would be bad for everybody. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord is a declaration of submission. It is actually a declaration of who has control and authority. It is a declaration of faith that says, God, you have control, 
and you have authority in my life. It is a statement of faith. In three words, we proclaim a statement of faith that is so essential to how we live every single day. And here's what's interesting. Jesus must be Lord of everything, or I am Lord because I am filtering the authority of Jesus in my life, or any other authority. CNN, Fox News. How much authority do you give your favorite news community? Well, still, in that, you're deciding, right? You're going, well, I, I like what they said here. I didn't like what they said there. So then who has authority, them or you? Everybody on three, say me. One, two, three. If you are the filter on all things that are going on, if you are the decider of what is true and what is not, you are still Lord. You have authority. But if we are beginning to declare in faith, Jesus is Lord, Jesus needs to be the filter on everything. And right now, some of you are calculating, you're like, wait a second. Like, ev- like you know what that, me- that word means, right, Kurt? Like, everything? Everything. Jesus is Lord over everything. And this is why it's so hard, because inside of me, no judgment on you, just me, I am prone to want to choose to be the authority. I am prone to want to be in control and have to say and go, this is what I like, this is the way I want it, this is the way I see the world. And Jesus is saying, come follow me and let me show you that my ways are better and get aligned with me for the life you are living here and now. It is a call to alignment with the kingdom of God in all things. In all things. We can experience hope, which was our message from last week, in our daily life when we live our lives under this idea that Jesus is Lord. It is how we experience hope. Let me remind us what it said in Ephesians. We read this last week. I keep asking that the God of our Lord, see that word? It's there. I didn't put it there. It's there. It's in the scriptures. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. This is about relationship. It's about walking with God and having knowledge of God so that you can come underneath the authority of God. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. It places us in a community and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, authority over all, far above all rule, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Everything. He is the name above all names, creator God from beginning to end, This is the God in Jesus revealed and by the power of the Holy Spirit that we as a community are looking to. Are looking to. Jesus over everything. And I'm going to be really clear. I think this is essential for this day and time for the witness of the church to point to Jesus over everything. Over everything. It is an all-out culture war everywhere we go and every arena we step into. And Jesus is saying, 
Come be a part of my family, a kingdom of God culture and community that is pointing to something different. We need a better witness. Jesus over everything. Jesus over everything. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, God placed all things under his feet. Am I? Am I placing all things under the feet of Jesus in my own life? See, I think this is an essential thing. Will we allow Jesus to be Lord over everything or some things? You can have my faith, but not my pocketbook. See, that just was, that was just cheap. That was like a cheap pastor move. You can have my faith, but not my identity. You can have my faith, but not my marriage. You can have my faith, but not my friendships. You can have my faith, but not my work. You can have my faith, but not my secret hidden life. Are we filtering where the authority of Jesus has rule and reign in our lives, or are we going, I am all yours. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. I'm currently reading a book titled Longing for Revival, and it's been so good for my own journey and, and challenge. And they said something this week as I was listening on audiobook. Go audiobook fans. And this is what they said. Scriptures are a roadmap into the kingdom lifestyle we were intended to live. The scriptures are a roadmap into the kingdom lifestyle we were intended to live. We want to anchor our lives in the scriptures of God revealed over a long trajectory of time by a community who's been trying to figure out how to walk with God, hear from God, so that our lives can join in the kingdom work of God from beginning to end. From the Garden of Eden in Genesis to Zion, the holy mountain where God will dwell with his people, this picture of heaven. Jesus is Lord from beginning to end. There's this song by a group, and I realize this is actually an interesting cultural moment, but it's a song I've been singing. My uh, youngest son, Jade, and I both like this song. It's called Know You Will by Hillsong United. And it says this, you've been good on every promise from Eden to Zion. That God is a God of faithfulness, and he's a God of fulfilled promises. That he's been good. I'm not always good, but God is good. People are going to let us down, but God is faithful on every promise. In the beginning, Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God created and it was good. He made humanity in the image of God. And then humanity decided, I think I'll take this one, God. I know better. I know better. When we exert our authority above God, what we're saying is, I know better. I got this. In the book of John, they're talking about Jesus as this. Jesus, it was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. In the beginning, everything that was made was made through Him. In the beginning, God created, and it was good. Jesus, with God, in the beginning, made everything through Him. And then this is what it says at the end of Scriptures. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. 
He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down and for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Jesus is Lord. Everything that was made was made through God, the creator. We just go back to the source. And yes, in the chaos, and yes, in the mess, we see a God who steps into the story, and this is the good news. He says, I am with you. I will not leave you alone. I will not forsake you. I am with you. Behold, I am making all things new. We as a community get to begin to experience this story transforming us by the love of God so that we can be a faithful witness to the cities that we live in and work in and hang out in and have friends in and have family in that we might tell the story of God. See, these three words give us a worldview to see everything through. Jesus is Lord is a Christian worldview. Jesus is Lord reminds us what Jesus said about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is Lord invites us to be free from having to control it all and come underneath the God who holds it all together. No other idol, no other identity, no other idea has more authority in my life. This is what it means to follow Jesus. And this is hard. I will go on record. I, I will go on record. This feels nearly impossible by my own strength. And Jesus is not saying do it by your own strength. Do it by your own will. Do it by your power. Even that, we submit and we go, God, I need you. I need your Holy Spirit to empower me for this life. I need you to fill me that I would follow you and submit to the way of your kingdom in all things. This is why we need transformation. And so I'm just curious for you, where does this challenge us today? So far, wherever we've gone so far in the message, where are you already feeling challenged? Where does that internal thing go, uh-uh? No sirree, Bob. Where do you feel challenged to allow Jesus to be Lord? Is it an issue of control? Is it that we are so ingrained in a consumeristic culture that we're trained to go, I like that, I don't like that. I'll consume this, but not that. That we just are, so, our practice of consumption just makes us kind of decide, ah, nah, I'll leave that one on the shelf, Jesus, thanks, but no, I'm just going to come over here and take this one. I like this one better. I don't know. The thing that I want you to hear today, here, here's like the anchoring thought. When we talk about Jesus as Lord, what we struggle with are bad examples of authority. We struggle with being controlled by negative, costly, wounding types of people and portrayals. The thing that we need to know, church, and what the scriptures say, that Jesus is Lord is anchored in a gospel understanding of God's love. That means that there's good news 
that you are loved by God because it was his heart and his choice and everything about Jesus being Lord and coming under the authority of God is that God loves you. And you cannot filter anything God's saying without putting that lens on it first. Every interaction God wants to have with you as your Lord is that he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And that's why the Easter story is so powerful is because he came in the flesh. God loves you. The scriptures say this. In 1 John, it says, God is love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus. And then in 1 John, again, it says this, that this is not love that you loved God first, but that he loved you and he laid his life down for you. So we're submitting to an authority that already has submitted his authority. This is why it's the good news of Jesus. This is why God's way is better than my way, because he's saying, come follow me. I've already shown you a heart of submission. I've already shown you a heart of humility. We can live under the authority of God when we live anchored in the love of God. Let me tell you, I wore this on purpose. You are loved. You are loved. Every interaction that you are going to have with God in your life as the authority is that you need to understand he's pouring out his love on you. He's leading you with love. He's forgiving you with love. He's correcting you with love. He's saying, come, follow me, live in heaven where my love rules and reigns over all things. The old order is passing away. There is a new way and I've made it all new. This is a God, for the record, I think, look, I'm going on record a lot today. What is up with that? Like, I guess I'm just acknowledging it is being recorded. I am saying this in reality in real time. God loves you. God loves you. Every day when you wake up, God loves you. That's the kind of Lord I want to know. That's the kind of Lord I want to follow. And here's another challenge that I think is that my heart, the human heart, is prone to wander. The creation story puts Adam and Eve in the garden with God, walking, already made in the image of God in full communion with God, community, connecting, experiencing God. And they wandered. They wandered. We are all being trained, discipled by different cultures, family culture, pop culture, media culture, political cultures, all of these powers are trying to say, come be a part of my culture, come be a part of this way. And God is just saying, look, your heart is prone to wander. Follow me. Be anchored in my love. Be anchored in my kingdom authority in everything. Jesus is Lord anchors us in the key, the most essential key truth that we are loved. We are loved. Let's say that together as a community. We are loved. We are loved. There's this wonderful story of Jesus in the scriptures in Luke, and he writes it, and it's about a guy named Zacchaeus. And see, what's interesting about Luke and just some of the different gospel stories is they point to different interactions that Jesus has and how he's hanging out with people and kind of points to who God is and who we are. And I just, as I work through this text, I want us to think about where do we see ourselves in this story? Because there's different communities, there's different kind of perspectives that are going to be told. And what we're going to see in this story is that Jesus is Lord, so that means that his love is over 
being lost. That we are loved over being lost. We have a home and a place and a community that God has already called us to, that he's pursuing us with. And this is how the story goes of Jesus interacting with a tax collector. Nobody liked tax collectors then. Nobody likes tax collectors now. It's interesting. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. That meant he made money off of all the other tax collectors that people despised and hated. He wanted to see who Jesus was, because, but because he was short, oh man, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Wouldn't that just be weird? It was probably just as weird as you thought that was what I just did. Like, I must stay at your house. What are you doing up there? Get down, let's go. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the house, to be the guest of a sinner. They were judgy back then, just like they are on social media now. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, did you catch that? Clearly a sinner stands up and says to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him today, Salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. We see clearly who Jesus is. We see clearly who the culture is. And we see an invitation in who Zacchaeus is. See, when we embrace the reality that Jesus is Lord over everything and we are loved over being lost, there is a personal invitation for every single one of us and a community mission. There's a personal invitation. Our faith should be deeply personal. It is never private because it places us in a family and we have a family mission to follow Jesus, to seek and save the lost, to not be part of those like, oh, he went to be the guest of those sinners, but to get aligned with Jesus and walk the way of Jesus. And I just want to play this out for you in these verses because I think if we can press into the story, we will see something really encouraging for us. There is an encounter with Jesus in this story that we believe is available to everyone today. That, that Zacchaeus encountered Jesus. That town and community encountered Jesus and had to decide, are we going to be on the side of Jesus or are we going to be on the side of judgment and pointing and going, no, no, no. And what we have to see here is that to be loved, we need to anchor ourselves in a present God. Verse 3 and 4. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him 
since Jesus was coming that way. We all need to be looking for the presence of God here and now in our lives. God is present. This is the hope of scriptures. God is present. He's dwelling among us by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is risen alive, sitting on the throne, praying for us. This is what the scriptures say. We all need to be hungry for an encounter with Jesus. Zacchaeus was hungry. Yes, he was wealthy. Yes, he was a sinner, but he had spiritual hunger in his heart. So he ran ahead. He was curious. When was the last time you felt spiritually curious? God, where are you? Can I run to get into your presence? Can I run to times of prayer with you? Can I run to the scriptures? Can I run to worship? Zacchaeus knew what he was looking for. He was looking for an encounter with Jesus, and he allowed spiritual hunger to be at work in the way he was living his life because God was present. That is important. God wants to be present to all of us all the time, and that's where it starts. In the beginning, God. God's presence is always the first movement. Then we can welcome. We can welcome. Verse 6. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Is that how we are engaging our spiritual journey right now? Are we just being, Jesus, you are Lord, and I welcome you gladly to do whatever you want to do, as long as it fits with what I'm comfortable with? He welcomed him gladly. We should welcome Jesus. This is what it looks like for Jesus to be Lord, that we welcome Jesus, just like Zacchaeus did. Just like Zacchaeus did. Verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He, Jesus, has gone to be the guest of a sinner. I am loved by Jesus. I am a sinner. Loved by Jesus. The beautiful thing about this moment that we have to understand about the kingdom of God is that Jesus is Lord over everything, which means Jesus is Lord over sinners. My sin is not more powerful than Jesus. And it is not a more perfect identity than the love of Jesus. It is not a more powerful identity than the love of Jesus. You are loved. Zacchaeus is loved. I am loved. You are loved. From beginning to end, you were loved by Jesus. And you're saved by Jesus. He came to seek and save the lost. Verses 8 through 10. Verses 8 through 10. He came to seek and save the lost. It takes humility to acknowledge you're lost. Right, guys? I'll see Apple Maps and Google Maps and everything. We're no longer lost. We don't have to ask for directions. Jesus is Lord. He wants to be Lord of your life. Have you been allowing him to do that? It starts with his love. It finishes with his love. I want to talk about two ways we apply this. When we understand that we are loved over being lost, that Jesus is Lord over our lostness, our sinfulness, our imperfection we can connect to God's heart in a significant way. And here's the first thing. You are loved and called into God's family. 
See, he speaks this over Zacchaeus. He is not a sinner. He is part of the family. He gives him inheritance. He says, you are in. You are part of my family. He says that to you. So he places us in a family, in a kingdom of God family. You are loved and called to a transformed life. He says, Lord, hear it now. I immediately give half of my wealth to the poor. He was transformed in a moment by the lordship of Christ, by the love of God. The love of God should transform our actions and our thoughts and our behaviors. It should move us into a completely new way of living. And you are loved and called back to God. You are regularly being called back to God. He's regularly saying, return to me. If you look at how God interacts with the people of God, it's regularly, I love you, return to me. I love you, return to me. I love you, return to me. He rescues us and is gracious enough to say, return to me as many times as you need. Return to me as many times as you need. So here's two practical ways for this to work for you. Jesus needs to get the first word and the last word on all things. Your internal voice, your internal critic, your internal dialogue is going to battle for who's in control. The art of Jesus being Lord is we come in faith, we say, God, I want to follow you, have the first word. Let's wrestle through all this and then giving God the last word. At the end of every conversation, we need to anchor that we are loved. And Jesus has authority and has control. And I will follow his ways because your ways are better. Here's the other way I see this being applied. We, we have to understand it's God's presence first. So we, we get to go towards God because God's already come towards us. Presence. God is real. God is alive. We need to understand our priorities need to be redirected. Look at the priorities of your life. Does God get them? Does God have access to them? Is Jesus, Jesus is Lord, shaping the priorities of your life? What about the practices of your life? Like, this is a really good practice. We made it. We're gathering as a community for corporate worship. This will not win the day. One hour and 20 minutes is not enough. Because I hear my own voice way too much. I hear my own imperfections more than an hour and 20 minutes a week. God's presence for us, the priorities of his kingdom in us, the practices shaping our behaviors out of us, which should lead us to our presence with those around us. In a series we did a while back, I'm going to jump almost to the very end of my slides. Practices or the rhythms and activity of our life must move us towards Jesus so that the presence of our life is love of God and love of one another. We'll go to the Rich Velotis quote. There's a little graphic. I'm going to step on this side so we can see it. And I just got to give a big shout out to my, my friend Rodney. I didn't notice it until again today, but that on IG, you'll notice he is a part of our community and he liked this quote. So I get double status of uh, validation. Rich Velotis pastors in New York. And he talks about presence, priorities, practice which leads us to a, a presence of witness around those that are near us. And it says this, spiritual disciplines are intentional practices that open us to God's grace and train us to love well. The disciplines don't save us. Christ does that, but they anchor us in God so that we can live in God's love and offer love to others. We're going to practice coming to the Lord's table today as a response 
to the reality that Jesus is Lord. We're going to come and we're going to humble ourselves and receive the body of Christ and the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins because today at this table, Jesus wants to sit with you. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you. And in this entire series, we're going to be doing two things week in and week out. We're going to invite you, if you need rescue, you can in faith say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I want to acknowledge you as Lord. I've been living as Lord of my own life, and today I decide in faith, I'm going to begin to follow you with my life. You're going to make an intentional choice of reprioritizing who's in control. You can make a personal declaration of faith today. And if you are here and you're already following Jesus, you can return by saying, Jesus, these are the parts of my life I've held on to. These are the things that I've been holding on to and I've been filtering out. And I return to, to you with those things, saying, be Lord over this. Be Lord over all of this. There's rescue and there's return. And I think one of the practical things as we were worshiping today, the, the thought that your ways are better, your ways are better, your ways are better, aligns with scripture, we sang it. But I think for some of us, we just need to get honest that we've been living our own ways. And today is a day of return to come fully to God. So I want us to stand as a community. And here's what we want you to know about communion here at the Vineyard. If you're a guest of ours, we're so glad that you're here. This is a meal of family, and it is open to all who come in faith. And if you are making a, a decision of faith today in Jesus for the first time, you are welcome to this table. You are welcome to come and participate. And we're actually going to use this as, as our ministry response time. What do you need to give to God? Where do you need the love of God to take up more residence and authority in your life? And so I want us to pray the Lord's Prayer together just to begin to ask God to kind of direct us. Do we need forgiveness? Do we need uh, to, to say, God, I've not been living a line to you? God, I want you here. I want your authority in my life. Let's pray this prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. When we come and receive these elements, we say yes to the presence of God before us. It's an action of prioritizing the kingdom of God for us. It's a practice to demonstrate our faith. And it is the presence of God residing in us to lead us to love God and to love one another. And so what we're going to do is I'm actually going to pray an official prayer of blessing for our service. And as you're ready, you can come. We're going to worship. You can stay and linger. You can go get your kids and if you want them to participate with you for communion, you can actually come back as a family and receive these. It's not going to walk off. 
And I'd just like some prayer ministry people to come down here because I actually think there's a response. If you need to make a decision of faith today because you know I'm like Zacchaeus, my spiritual hunger's been growing, I want Jesus to be Lord, I think you need to come and tell somebody. And if somehow by the Spirit of God in worship today and the reading of Scripture, you realize you have areas that you want to lay down and say, I don't want to filter this thing through. Jesus, I want you to be Lord. I'm already following you, but I want you to come do more work. Come receive prayer for whatever that might be. And so Jesus, I bless your community to respond to your love, to live in your love that we might be a witness to the people around us by your love, with your love. So today, by your spirit, saturate our minds and our hearts in your love. You came to seek and save the lost. Your promise is that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. It is your joy. For the joy set before you, you endured the cross because it was your love of us. Fill us with your love by the power of your spirit. We bless your community in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.